Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Examined Fandom. My name is Nathaniel. And I'm Daniel. Yeah, we got you guys. We got you guys covered for some sports talk. Not too much going on. Uh, one of the most notable signings, free agent signings after the first round, after all the big names, was Kyle Korver decided uh, to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks over the Philadelphia 76ers. Since this is going to be probably the, the, the most likely Eastern Conference Finals matchup, uh, we're going to take a look, about, look, look at a uh, potential matchup and then see what Kyle Korver could do to uh, influence the series. Alright, so, why do you think Kyle Corbett chose the Bucks over the, the 76ers? Those are the two teams that he was uh, rumored, rumored to be interested in. Well, I read that the um, official reason was that he was coached by Mike Budenholzer on the 2011 Atlanta Hawks, which was his only all-star appearance of his career. So, some good history there. with uh, Milwaukee's coach helped uh, play a significant role in him choosing the Bucks over the 76ers. You think he thinks that the Bucks are more talented? He might, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I think the, the Bucks have uh, better depth and maybe even better star players. Do, do you think that he want, did not want to play with Simmons? Or in B. Do you think that, that might have factored in? <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised, you know. but you know, yeah. That that they, they, they are quite the team with their chemistry. Alright, so Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he'll fit in nicely, especially given his relationship with uh Brunholzer. And he's gonna add some much needed shooting to the Bucks. Yeah. Basically, the Bucks are the same team from last year, minus Tony Snell and Nikola Mirotic, but they're not, they weren't too critical to the team. The, the only player they let go was Brog, but they traded him, was Malcolm Brogdon. Um, in response to losing him, they brought in Wesley Matthews, Kyle Korver. Uh, so, do, do you think that they, do you think they can get the same value they got from Brogdon with Korver and Wesley Matthews? Well, I think so. I think Wesley Matthews and Kyle Korver obviously are a lot cheaper contracts. I think Brogdon's contract is what's eighty million or something like that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, that just seems like a lot of money for for Malcolm Brogdon. It, it is, especially with his injury history and the fact that they want to lock up Giannis. I also think it was exactly. interesting. Uh, they're not really losing out defensively. And you know, one of the things that Brogdon did really well, obviously, was shoot. And with Kyle Korver and Wesley Matthews, they're, they're no, no slouches from three. Kyle Korver has similar shooting, uh, career shooting percentages to Brogdon. And then Wesley Matthews has slightly lower, but he has slightly higher volume of threes per game. So, uh, I, I think this is, they're, they're getting, they're not, they're not losing too much shooting-wise. From the uh, the one thing that Malcolm Brogdon did really good was did really well was he was able to drive to the basket and score a lot of points. 
Um, well, I would say Wesley Matthew, Wesley Matthews kind of game is he's also kind of a slasher. Yeah, and then you also guys got guys like George Hill who can do that as well. Um, I also think one one of the things to look at this year is how much more will Brook Lopez do from the wing driving into the lane with without Brogdon because he did very little of any sort of uh, driving to the basket when he was not when he was on the floor with Brogdon at least he did a lot in the yeah. playoffs but the regular season he did not do very much so I don't think the Bucks will be negatively affected by Brogdon. Too much. I think we could. I think we could see some more offense run through Lopez. Either you know shoot the three, or drive to the basket, post up maybe. Yeah. He, I mean, when he was with Brooklyn, that's all he was doing. He's, he, he's he, down low. He, he's a very solid. He. I think he could be an offensive. He's an offensive threat from any spot on the floor. So it, there, there's no. You just put him on the floor and give him the ball, and he'll he'll do fine. He, and that seems like an exaggeration, but it's really not. You can give him the ball basically anywhere. He could have to shoot it or take it to the rim. Um, so, uh, yeah, letting Brogdon go, I think, was the, was the right decision. Uh, for financial reasons, they can get the same amount of production elsewhere. But, uh, meanwhile, the 76ers got rid of Jim, uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, J.J. Reddick. So now they're going with uh, Al Horford and Josh Richardson. Those were the big changes that they made. So the starting lineups would be Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, El Horford, and Joel Embiid. Uh, point guard, uh, center, obviously, and then they got Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, presumably, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and then Brooke Lopez. How does that match up? I'd say that's pretty, pretty even. Yeah. One thing that I think, what, what, I think, uh, I think Embiid and Lopez match up well. Mm-hmm. For for which team? Is it, you're saying it's even? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say. You know, I would say Bucks probably have a, a slight advantage, but it's not like the Seventy Sixers lineup is terrible or anything. I think that's a very good lineup. Do you think that the Bucks should bring in Robin Lopez at center, then put Brooke Lopez at power forward? Just an ultra big, an ultra big lineup. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe depending on how they play, on how the Seventy Sixers play, because Seventy Sixers are a pretty big team now. Yeah, I yeah. think maybe the Bucks could use that lineup. Basically, have two centers on the floor. Oh, and well, Brook Lopez is ba- he can play any offensive position really. He even do point guard, which would be beautiful, which would be a beautiful thing to see. But besides point guard, he could do play all um, every other four, every other other four other positions. So I don't really think that would hurt them offensively and defensively wouldn't hurt either. He's going to be guarding Al Horford, so I I would go for it if I was the Bucks. Uh, one interesting thing to look at. Uh, for the Bucks this next year is can Robin Lopez learn to shoot the three ball? If if he can, then you gotta watch out. I mean, if Brooke Lopez can, I don't see why Robin can. Yeah. So how how bad is is the Seventy Sixers bench? Uh, I would say maybe bottom bottom of the league in terms of bench. They do not have very many guys. Uh, actually, they just signed Trey Burke, 
which should come as that's gonna change their season. Well, actually, it won't. I mean, they they have freaking cork mats. Yeah, that's right. They they have um, freaking cork mats. Who's playing the shooting guard? Uh, My my favorite was that their 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 what had been previously been their backup point guard, the de facto backup backup point guard before the Trey Burke signing was a guy named Shake Milton. That's what you need there. But then they they got Mike Scott is a power forward. He's a pretty good bench player, but he's the he's the only he's the only uh, solid. Well, depends on what your view of Kyle Quinn is, but it's basically deplete of any sort of viable talent. They they got Mike Scott, who's good. I think Kyle Quinn can play a bit, uh, but they got M- M- Matthias Thibel. Is that gonna win? He's a 22-year-old small forward. Um, like seriously, this this is the bench they got. They got Jonah Bolden. They got Palmetto. Um, and they've they have I believe they have the Miami Heat's 2021 pick, unprotected. That's about the only viable asset they have to to acquire more talent. They have no cap space anymore, so they're gonna have to rely on their starting starting lineup to produce a championship. Is that philosophically acceptable? Do you think they this can they can pull this off philosophically? Just have five million mean, players and I wouldn't want to say no. I think they're gonna be, you know, one of the top four seeded teams going into the playoffs, but I mean you never know, but I, I don't know. I don't see this team making winning the finals. Especially against a team like, you know, the Clippers. Oh, that would be... They would go... With, you know, bona fide superstars and a, a real bench. That would be... Um, that would be a... The 76ers would lose so badly. Once... Once, I mean... If it was the Clippers versus 76ers finals, the series would end at the moment... As as the Rockets are currently constructed. This The series would end the moment the 76ers make a substitution. It would be over. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi beat the 76ers last year, and now at Paul George and Kawhi, Patrick Beverly, we will. That would not be pretty. Would not be pretty. Not, will not be pretty. It's, would not, because it's very theoretical at this point, and I'm, I'm actually liking the Bucks in, in the series. Hypothetical playoff matchup. I think they can compete with their starting five and they have the better bench. I mean, if you take a look at what the Bucks bench squad would be right now, it would be uh, George Hill, backup point guard. Got Kyle Korver, the backup shooting guard. Small forward, however you want to pull around with it. Go ahead, grab in. Made someone like uh, DJ Wilson or Sterling Brown, one of the more obscure former pegs from them. You got Ursan Ilyasova, then Robin Lopez. Now that's going to be combating that. That so that's basically four out of the five are really solid, solid veterans, and then the third spot can be filled by a uh, by by a younger player with talent. However, for yeah, they're even uh, throwing their uh, their draft pick from last year, Divincenzo. Uh, they could. They, they have lots of options at this point. They just signed Dragon uh, Dragon Bender, I believe, who was a former fourth overall pick from. 
Phoenix who was released. But I mean that that that's just as good as Kyle O'Quinn, you gotta believe, right? So the um the the seventy sixers bench squad is uh this is not gonna be pretty uh Trey Burke J.R. Smith uh who's gonna be the small forward off the bench? Hmm Matisse Thibel, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, go ahead and roll with Mike Scott, who's the best bench player, then Kylo Quinn. Um, like, here's the thing. If, how many minutes are the, are the, are this, is each starter going to play for the 76ers? It would have to be 40. It's like, like, it's the only way they could pull it off against a team with depth, like the Bucks, the Clippers. Either way, they just had to screw around with the rotations, like one person stays in longer. Like one of their starting stays in with the bench. And uh, not to mention the fact that the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid uh, combo has produced tremendous, has produced great disaster in the playoffs. Yeah, it really doesn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, so this is. I mean, people are saying the 76ers, 76ers, 76ers. Um, with this bench. Uh, this could actually be, this could actually be the third straight second round exit 76ers team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they lost to Toronto again because Toronto has a bench. Uh, at least Toronto has a bench even if they don't have Kawhi. No, well they would, they would probably still lose, but you never know. Um, uh, I guess the, the Celtics might be able to take them on. That would be that would. Uh, yeah, you be, get Ennis Kanter versus Joel Embiid. That'll be some fun matchup times. You know, but other than that, I think that the uh, the the Celtics could could line up. The center is notwithstanding, they do just fine against the Seventy Sixers. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics were able to knock him off in the second round. Uh, Obviously, be something to look out for. <laughs> in, in the next, in the future years, when you're going to be dealing with like Kyrie, KD, um, duos, among others, with Brooklyn has a bench, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So for later on in the road, this is the 76ers team for the next four years. So unless Ben Simmons can somehow get a jump shot, like I don't, and they somehow manage to acquire. Five solid veteran, set five, well, you can basically get three or four. Solid veteran bench players, this is going to be very difficult to win in, the, win in the playoffs when you have to rely on five starters when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't play well together. But, but the Warriors, but the Warriors didn't, the Warriors didn't have bench. <laughs> uh, well, um, actually they did. They, they, like, the, the Warriors bench is not the soup greatest Collecting a talent ever, but it's better than uh, it's better than uh, Shake Milton. <laughs> it's better than Shake Milton. Andre Iguodala is legit. <laughs> Not to mention the the 76ers don't have a player like like Draymond Green, who can just ball out on defense and, and get any position the way that. And, well, I obviously Ben Simmons is good on defense. So is Embiid. Oh, um, Harris and Horford are also very solid, but. Uh, the defensive, just uh, kind of the the uh, 
Draymond Green can do basically everything well on the basketball court. They don't have anyone like that. It, Tobias Harris is his. He's the the spot up. He's the. He has his own specific skill set that he brings. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Joel Joel Embiid's base can do can do it all, but he's not the defensive. He's not as defensively mobile. Um, Al Horford, I think his guess is the closest guy to to Draymond Green that they have, but I, he's not like because Draymond Green's really the glue guy for the for their Warriors, and there's no one guy on the 76ers it looks like that can just go in there and ball out when everything is going going poorly. Uh, Embiid had some issues. Um. Going out there and playing last 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 playoffs. Yes, he did. He 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 was sick, I believe, at one point. So I'm not going to get too critical of him, but he he when he when he's not completely zoned in, sometimes he can look very lethargic, sloppy, very sloppy. Yeah, lethargic. Yeah, so that's. I mean, this 76ers team. People have been saying the last couple of years how great they're going to be. And how they're going to be, they're built for the playoffs, built for the playoffs. When the playoffs come around, they're actually not built for the playoffs. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they're, I, I think they're, they're not built too well for the playoffs because they don't have a bench. And so they have to put the starters as long as possible. But when the starters are playing together, it's not an ideal situation. And I think with the Bucks, they have a much more, their, their lineups are going to be a lot more... More, I think they're gonna fit together a lot nice uh, nicer than the 76ers. I think that's a very difficult position to refute. And I think the thing about the Bucks bench is that I think three of those guys could be inserted into the starting lineup at you know any any time. Oh yeah, and did uh, yeah. I, I said this this problem with the 76ers is that they need to have the strength five be amazing. So amazing yeah, their, that their, their hope is that they need this their starting lineup just to be the best, you know. Yeah, all their chips are on their starting lineup. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be good enough to beat every team in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. So they'll do they'll do well, very well, but it's not good. It's not good enough to beat every team in the NBA. And if your bench is terrible, and if you're, I just don't see this happening for the 76ers. So I think that the Bucks are their favorite because they can play the matchup game much better, and I don't think they think that you're going to say you're going to say that um, Tobias Harris is better than Chris Middleton. Not really. I don't know if you could say that. Al uh, Horford better than Brooke Lopez. Not right. Yeah. No, not really. I'm, I'm taking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Joel Embiid's obviously a matchup issue, but I think they can hold them in defensively, at least not have him. Oh. Totally. I mean, but on the flip side of the coin, Giannis is a matchup, you know. Uh, well, well, Horford, if he, his only purpose is to be guard Giannis, um, that's when I think if, if if they just try to have El Horford guard Giannis the whole time, that's when you roll out the two center lineup, and then just work Lopez and Lopez down, Lopez and Lopez down low. So I, I think yeah, yeah I mean, you can't stop both. You can't stop both of them, and then all Hopper's going to have to do one of those, and it's going to be Giannis against Harris or something like that, or Richardson or Simmons. Um, you, we all saw how what happens if you get Giannis versus Ben Simmons down low. Uh, one of the end of the games, the Bucks had in the regular season versus the 70, uh, 76ers. 
Ben Simmons had to guard Giannis down low, and they'd see the spin move and dunk down his face. Like, he just... Ben, there's nothing Ben Simmons could... He just, like, had his hands up and he just got dunked on. Because, like, did that... I, I just think about having two centers, hopefully if, if Robin Lopez can, can shoot threes, hopefully for the Bucks, he'll be able to do so. And then, there's... If that if that's the case, then, then the 76 is just done for him. And he doesn't even have to be, like, Steph Curry for like if he's open, all you know, all you all you could hope for is that you know if he's open, you know that he knocks it down. Yeah, and then if you're trying to look at this from the Seventy Sixers perspective, here's how they could w really win this: is they could get Ben Simmons drawn to the basket, but that would be really difficult if there was Giannis, Lopez, and Lopez on the floor at the same time. They could get Josh Richardson to take Chris Middleton to the hoop. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Tobias Harris versus Giannis or Chris Middleton one on one. I mean, he'd score some points, I'm sure, but he just—I don't think they'll be efficient. And then anything that uh, Joel Embiid does, you kind of get the feeling he needs to have the ball every possession for him to be as dominant as he can be. And if that's the case, then everybody else is kind of out of it, right? Yeah. And then that would be—I I just think the Bucks are going to play be a much better. We'll have much better chemistry. I think, I think yeah, the Bucks are going to be able to flow better offensively. Yeah, I, this could even be a sweep, really, if it goes well for the Bucks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks swept them, just because. They, this here's a just the more you think about it, the more the more apparent it becomes. The Seventy Sixers really, really need to get great chemistry with that starting five, and that would be very difficult to accomplish. If because Embiid seems to need a lot of shots, um, and Horford's got to fit in with all this, and Simmons needs to shoot, um, it's just going to be a mess. I think they're going to win because of talent in the regular season. I think they're really going to struggle in the playoffs as they have in years previous. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. We'll have to see how that goes. Very going to be a very interesting season for the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. Right now in the NBA, the one one of the uh, developments in the offseason is not that one of the developments is that the Spurs hate the Knicks. The Knicks didn't like the Spurs. This has to do with Porzingis trade and uh, Marcus Morris flipping from the Spurs to the Knicks. So now they hate each other now. So now they hate each other, and. If there's a rivalry you never thought happening. Yeah, it's a, okay, they're great, great. Um, and then also, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Toronto Raptors feel that Kawhi Leonard played them. Um, for the Raptors, from their perspective, I don't think that Kawhi Leonard said that, uh, you know, I might say, I might not. So I don't, I don't really know what what else he could have said. I mean, you know, unless he promised to sign, you can't criticize him for not re-signing. But what I really like is that the Lakers really felt played. They felt played by Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I can I can see why. I because I think I think he did play them. Like, I, I totally think he did. <laughs> and he brought in. I, I knew this. He, I knew this was. A, I, I knew this was a ploy. Once he brought in 
Magic Johnson to meet with Jeannie Buss. Like, he, he couldn't have been serious about signing with the Lakers if he brought in Magic Johnson back uh, to have more meetings. So, that, the, the writing was on the ball there. Apparently, Chris Broussard thought that Kawhi would not sign with the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi actually told the Clippers, apparently, that he needed Paul George. And they got him, and then he, and then he signed. Wow. So, I mean, Kawhi Leonard can really get... <laughs> He can get what he wants. Uh, good, good for him. All right. All right. So in the 2018-19 season, NBA season, an opening night, there were 108 uh, foreign players in the NBA. All right. 65 of those, I believe, were European. All right. So uh, I started thinking about this uh, at one point. You know what? What do what do Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Pascal Siakam all have in common? African descent. African descent, right? Uh, they also happen to be the ascending, the uh, one of the most uh, among the most ascending players in the NBA, right? Uh, yeah. And they also happen to be the African, the Africans or the uh, Giannis of African descent. Uh, who happened to play basketball and happened to start get, and happened to be found? Right now, the NBA is starting a, an African league. They're gonna have club teams in Africa that will presumably be tapping into the talent in Africa, right? So, all these guys just happened to be found. Like none of them, had, I don't believe they had played started playing basketball until they were teenagers, and then they didn't. They weren't planning on basketball as a career option, or at least the NBA. Um, I believe Giannis. Thought he wanted to be a, uh, a basketball player of some sort, but um, Embiid and Siakam did not until they were noticed in, at a basketball camp. So the question is, how many players in Africa are not playing basketball that are as good as Giannis, Embiid, and Simmons? I don't know. I'm well, not Simmons. I'm sorry. I'm the Siakam. whole continent. Yeah? Can you say that again? I said, uh, I don't know if you could put a number on uh, on how many players are going to be like them. You know, that's a whole continent worth of people right there. Well, just based on the sample size, you got to believe they can at least find another 10, another 20. Why not? Because Oh, easily. I they, think so. I think so. So, in, in 10 years, will every team have a player of the caliber of Giannis and Embiid? Oh, I think... Uh, Giannis and Embiid are, you know, once, once in a generational talent. But why think, though? Because you know, they they're both scrawny. They are. They both started, but I mean, you know, I mean, you can't say that. I don't know that everybody can be like Giannis or Embiid. Those guys are like super. Those guys are superstars. You know. Yeah, but here's but the, I think they, I think there's I think every team could have a player like Siakam. You know. I don't know, because you got to remember that these guys, Giannis and, Giannis and Embiid, they were lucky to be, to, to, they weren't planning on basketball, they, they, had, they had no um, plans to do it, they, they didn't turn until they were teenagers. I have a hard time believing that, that they happen to be the most talented people ever, and then just happen to start right. playing basketball. I have a hard time believing that there aren't as... Uh, a number of equally 
uh, talented players who aren't playing basketball right now who might be found in the African League if, if they start okay. start if they start uh, doing more more sweeps and trying to develop more players. So you're saying in 10 to 20 years, every team's number one guy is going to be African. African? Yeah, it's definitely possible. I think it would be African-Americans as well, but um, why not? Because... I mean, who's to say no, I guess? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they found many guys the caliber, many by many, maybe up to 10 players the caliber of Giannis and Embiid. Um, just because I, I seriously don't think that there aren't there aren't uh, other other people in this world that have very similar genetics. Like I have a hard time believing that they're the only two people that have this the, the great basketball genes. Because MB was good. Like uh, I believe it was. Who was the camera? I believe it was like Luke Bob Mute saw him and he said, "Well, like." Uh, he's just started, but he's using basketball moves that very, only very advanced players use. So he's just naturally gifted. And I don't see why there wouldn't be other guys who would be naturally gifted as well. Right? That's fair. I mean, if it's... I I just think that they're, they're going to find a lot of these guys, and the NBA will get even better. I mean, you know, more leagues you know, across the world, definitely it's going to help improve the, uh, the talent in the, uh, NBA for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead, uh, do a little fun segment, uh, today's show. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We have not read these articles yet. Uh, the, the other person will, will share. Uh, we found some art. We uh, went ahead and looked at the 76ers Espionation uh, blog as well as the Los Angeles Lakers blog. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take a look at some articles and then react to them. Uh, so, Daniel, what, what do you have for me? Alright. So, I have a fan post for you. Okay. And this is from and, the uh, Lakers. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can find it. Alright. The title of this article is Projection for the Top 16 Teams Next Year and How We Match Up with Them. Wait. So, is it, first of all, so, um, the top 16 teams, including the Lakers? No, this is for, basically, it's saying. Uh, this guy is projecting the top 16 teams in the NBA next year and how the Lakers are going to stack up with them. What's the other 15, presumably, right? Or do you not think yeah. ahead? I don't, I don't know if he's counting the Lakers or okay. not. Well, that's a little weird. Cause, right. I, I, I was... right. So he starts it out. Hello, fellow Lakers fans. I figured I'd share my playoff projections one through eight in each conference and analyze how I think we will match up with them. Because, you know... The NBA offseason, you know, like whatever. All right, so oh, we're doing I'll start thing. with I'll start with uh, who I have making the playoffs and playoff positioning. All right, so number one, he has the 76ers in the Eastern Conference and the Clippers in the Western Conference. Okay. Wow, did he put a number on the, on the wins, win totals? No, he didn't. He didn't give a win total. 
Um, number eight in the East is the Raptors. Number eight in the West is Dallas. Number two is the Bucks. Number two in the West is the Lakers. Number seven in the East is the Heat. Number seven in the West is Portland. What? Uh, wait, what? Celtics what? Wait, Jazz. wait, sorry. You said the Portland Trailblazers dro- dropped all the way to the seventh seed, yes. Okay, great. And then the Lakers will be the number two seed. Okay. Um, does he realize that yeah. the, that they actually got away? Get that the Lakers got rid of a lot of good players this last off season? Does he acknowledge that, or does no. he think that Anthony Davis is a god? I think he, he's on drinking the LeBron James Anthony Davis Kool-Aid. Okay, he probably is right. Go continue. So we got nice score. So we got LAC at one. LAC versus also. So LAC versus what was it Dallas? Yep. Um, we got uh, Los Angeles versus Portland. Jazz versus Golden State Warriors. Uh, Jazz at the third spot. Yes. All right. That, that one's kind of plausible. I'll, I'll get that and one. And Nuggets versus Rockets. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Who else we got in the S? We got West, East. We got Philly and then... Was it I Toronto? Okay. First round upset. <laughs> Bucks Miami. Celtics Pacers. And Pistons Nets. Here's the Pistons at the number four seed. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. So it was it? So it was, uh, it was um, Pacers versus whom? Pacers versus Celtics. Celtics are the third seed, Pacers are the sixth seed. Okay. And then the Pistons in number four and number five is the Brooklyn Nets. That's interesting. Well, why, why are the Pacers, uh, why, why are the Pistons the fourth best team? I don't know. <laughs> I hope we get to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. So... He wrote a whole book here, so I'm just going to scroll and find, uh, find some of the highlights. All right, L.A. versus the Pistons. In the finals? Says, what? What? He's making hypothetical final matchups? Yeah. So he did, um... And he's saying that the Pistons... So he did... So wait, he, he, what this is, is he listed his top 16 NBA teams, and he's... Basically, just giving a rundown of how he thinks the Lakers are going to match up against all right, these yeah, teams. Okay, so 16 is the Pistons, right? No, 12. <laughs> They're the 12th best team in the NBA. Oh, please tell me he's not just saying that he's not doing it. Uh, oh, wait, so. Okay, go ahead, good. So he's do, he's ranking some Western teams higher than Eastern teams? Yes. Okay, yes. good, good, good. I mean. I don't know if that's his ranked record or not, but I'm just going to do like the one is the Eastern, or the, the one is the Western, the two is the Eastern first, the three is the Western second. I'm just going to do that. But I wouldn't put that past him. All right. Continue. Oh, what? This is finals matchups. Hold up. Okay. He says this is fine. <laughs> so he basically gave the um, starting lineups for the. Um, for the Pistons and the Lakers. 
This is finally getting interesting. Griffin and Drummond is a formidable duo down low, but Anthony Davis <laughs> is vastly superior to Griffin. And we have McGee and Cousins to slow Drummond down. Snow is outclassed by LeBron quite handily, and I'll take Jackson over Bradley. But Kennard is not proven. We do have a decent bench, but our bench has Kuzma and Cousins. I have a feeling we will have one of the best benches in the NBA next year. Lakers, 4-1. to one. What the actual heck? Like, he's saying that the Pistons are going to make the finals and then win one game. Yes. And he thinks that... If they did. He, they thinks, did. That he thinks that Griffin and Drummond are, are a formidable duo. Rocking that eighth seed formidable duo. This is where you, you bring out the Giannis dunks on... on um, Giannis dunks on Griffin. Remember that play where he, like, Giannis just did a, like, he picked up his dribble... It was basically at, at, at the the fall line, or you know, in the lane where they have where the line yeah. of the fall lines. He just does a jab step in, Griffin follows, and he just on the second time he just dunks on him really hard. They were gonna queue up though, and the other one we're gonna queue up is Giannis had this amazing layup where he went in, Drummond like two hand falled him, and then he Giannis was falling to the ground, broke his hands free, and then made a made the layup. I mean, that's what we're gonna do against that formidable duo. Granted, Giannis is the best power forward in the NBA, but, I mean, the whole premise is faulty. Like, there's no way the Pistons are making the finals. Come on, dude. This guy's drinking Kool-Aid. All right. All right. This, is also, this is also a pretty good hot take. The number three seeded versus the number seven seed Houston Rockets. So, he says this is going to be a fun series. Both teams match up really well. We have a plethora of guards to throw at Westbrook and Harden. But they have a plethora of bigs to match up with AD, Kuz, and Cousins. But I feel we have the edge in stars, shooting, balance, and bench. This would push us over the edge in a seven-game series. And they don't really have a LeBron stopper on the roster. So if they put Tucker on LeBron, which was shown to be effective, AD eats them alive. Also, as a side note, if Westbrook falls in line with Harden and buys into the team, just 75%. Both of them really, the Rockets will definitely be elite status. Westbrook for this year and next year will be a huge improvement over CP3. This guy's drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. Why? Why? Why is he an improvement over CP3? Can someone just explain to me how he's an improvement? He's not. He cannot shoot. He cannot shoot. And he's a, he, if he's going to be as effective as he can be, he needs the ball. Which is something that James Harden needs. Can people not think? Of, I, I can understand if he's a little bit better, but a vast improvement, did he say? Dude, what a... What a, what a like, this guy is... This is pretty good. This is pretty good. I mean, I'm getting mad at this. Like, how can... But what I think will be their downfall is the mental toughness in hero ball. Everyone gives Kobe crap. And pundits coined the term hero ball after him, but his mental toughness was unquestionable and his willingness to play into the system enough won him five championships. Lakers 4-3. Okay. Audrey Peck here. Um, I mean, like, here's... I, mm, this actually might be... 4-3 might be a little more accurate than I first thought. It, I don't really know if the Lakers gonna, are going to be able to be that much different from the Rockets because they're like good in the regular season but you don't believe in them in the playoffs because you got DeMarcus Cousins you got Danny Green and whatnot. Um, 
LeBron James, uh, can he stay healthy? Can Anthony Davis stay healthy? Can they coexist? Uh, who's right, their point guard right. again? Is it Rajon Rondo? Is that their point guard? Their one and only? I want to say yes. Yeah, the, the plethora of point guards to throw at Russell Westbrook is Rajon Rondo. Okay, great. <laughs> That's the plethora of point guards. He's saying Avery Bradley's their starting point guard. All right, I mean, why not? Why not? I mean... But yeah, their plethora of guards to throw at Westbrook is Bradley and uh, Rondo. This actually might go forward. I mean, you know what? Sure, I'll, I'll give this guy some props. I mean, you gotta believe that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree that these, uh, that the Lakers would beat those teams, but... yeah. Yeah, Let's just go to a, a real playoff team. So, Lakers versus Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bucks made, he says, the Bucks made some decent offseason acquisitions, but overall, I think it will be a net negative. Losing their budding point guard, stream guard, and Brogdon is going to hurt. Oh, time out, time out, time out. Malcolm Brogdon was 26. <laughs> he was 26. He was He's not budding anymore. He's, mm. he was 23 years old when he was a rookie. 24 even. I mean, what, what, what on earth? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and we have Joe to explain it earlier in the podcast. Before he, he hasn't listened to the podcast yet, so when he does, um, make sure you pay attention to what we, what we said about the Bucks not missing out defensively and being able to pick up the slack offensively. So, yes. Again, this is we're going to have to say this over and over and over and over again. People make yep. very shallow assertions like, oh, well, they lost Brogdon, therefore they suck. Yep. Yeah. He shot 50, 40, and 90. That's going to that's gonna hurt the Bucks. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but here's the thing. His he was very selective in his shots. He was, um, and he didn't take that many. Yep. Burnt. All right, he took about 15 shots a game. Uh, so, mate. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the 49 was impressive, but... If he was well, taking 25 shots a game, it might hurt them a little more, you know? Right. Like, they can replace those 15 shots adequately. Well, it gets better. Okay, we'll just see what's Um, He says, maybe this will allow Bledsoe to really step into his own and be the second, third star Giannis needs. They also need Giannis to develop a jumper. Has oh, he boy, had, I love that one. Has he actually Giannis ever watched the box play? Is there, I know, right? I mean, Giannis has a good mid-range shot. He just doesn't use it because that's not what the Bucks do. Uh, also, he, he can make threes. He just needs to be consistent with it. Right. Uh, he says if teams, if he doesn't shoot, opposing teams can marginalize him to some degree. I, I agree. Not like really. They, they, can, they can put four guys in the paint and then say they're marginalizing him. That doesn't actually count, in my opinion. Right. Also, Middleton and Bledsoe will need to make the jump to star or all-star. Well, does he not know that Middleton was an all-star last season? I believe I Eric Bledsoe has a career all has had the career also our parents. I'll go double check that. Eric Bledsoe, all, maybe he has not. I'm not sure. I'm sure he has. He was putting it on the sun. Uh, let's see here. Eric Bledsoe. Um, no, I'll check real quick. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, oh, wait. I don't believe he has. Uh, either way, yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, look... But Middleton's already been an All-Star, so I don't know what he meant by that. Yeah, here, well, here's the thing. Like, take a look at what Kyle, Kyle Lowry... Um, I suppose the second best player or whatever, I guess, on the, on the, uh... Okay, well, here's... Do you know who the... Let's take a look at the, the, the all-NBA defensive team, all right? Let's see. Team 2019. Let's see. Hmm. Let's see here. What do we have at point... Who do we have at point guard for 2019? Trying to figure this out. Hmm. All NBA first team is. Let us see. Point guard. Rajon Rondo. Nope, it was actually Eric Bledsoe, best defensive point guard in the NBA. Um, All NBA first defense, right? Yeah, yeah, got that. Food. Yeah, so. Uh, okay. Can he can make it anyway? Anyway, that was a little bit <laughs> As far as matchups go, we have no answer for Giannis. No one in the league does. But they have no answer for AD either. Giannis is a bit too small to play that four against Anthony Davis. Plus, Anthony Davis has the advantage of catching pops and passes from LeBron. They also don't have an answer for LeBron. Middleton is a tough defender, but like Giannis on AD, both Middleton and Giannis are too slight to guard LeBron James and Okay, so... Plus, I think our bench is deeper with Rajon Rondo falling. <laughs> and we have excellent three-point shooters around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, when I think Avery Bradley... Yeah, Kyle Corbett's... And Bill McGee, I think... Okay, here's what he's going to do. This is going to happen. It's going to be LeBron James versus Giannis one-on-one -on, -one on the perimeter with uh, Robin Lopez and Burke Lopez in the paint. Let's see how that ends up. Yeah, I think right. Le LeBron, I think would, LeBron could not up. score on Giannis one-on-one, -on -one, let alone with two seven-footers. Giannis is too slight to guard him, man. That's what he said. He wouldn't be wrong. He sees this series being easier for us than against other contending teams. I have the Lakers, 4-2. I have the Bucks. um... 42, actually. And that's being <laughs> Yeah, LeBron James, yo, you know, we just block your shot into the stands. I'm just thinking, like, what if, what if LeBron tried to dunk on Giannis? That would not be, that would, that would be the 10th block dunk. Yeah, all right. LeBron's career. Here we go with the, the Clippers. I just, I just want to mention real, real, real quick, he said he, they, had, they had no answer for Anthony Davis. Well, here's yep, the answer. You, you, just, you just put on Giannis on Anthony Davis, and then have Giannis did it last year, and then have Lopez went. helping out. Yeah, like both Lopez twins are really good, really really good paint defenders. So, to say that they have no answer is stupid because the the answer is just not that it's not making sure they score zero points, but making sure they can take over. And it's gonna be very difficult for Anthony Davis to take over if he has to shoot if if he can't get if it's if there's gonna be a seven footer in the lane at all times. Who's a Lopez twin? I mean right. you, you gotta think this through before you type this out and put it on put it on the internet, man. Yeah. 
All right, moving on. I, mean, I don't think he also gets that LeBron James is aging, but... Probably all right, not. let's see. <clears throat> Lakers versus Clippers. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah, uh, is he going to say Clippers in four? I don't know. I would take the Clippers in. <laughs> Me too. What's he got to say? Let's see. I'm just, he's, he has his long intro, like, just hyping up LA teams. You know, like, oh, 18 time champion versus the former white and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the Clippers already have a formidable defensive team last year. They had a quiet Paul George. Although they also have the best front office in basketball, in Jerry West, and the top five coach. You spell it couch, by the way. And Doc Rivers. But they are not the Lakers. They are not the Lakers. They don't have a LeBron, and they don't have an Anthony Davis motivated on the most talented team he's ever been on. Okay, um, here's the thing. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard owns LeBron James. We, we've always knew that. He's always. Like, he's always. Like, LeBron, I don't think LeBron's mentally tough enough to get over Kawhi Leonard. Now, some people are going to come at me with hatred, but I like. Did you see him in the, in the twenty uh, in, in the finals? Like LeBron could, could not go and overcome it mentally, and I think Kawhi's mentally tougher, and he's the better basketball player at this point. So yeah, great, 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 great stuff there, guys. Like oh, this LeBron is great. Yeah, we might not be great analysts, but we're very good at pointing out other worse analysts. If the Lakers can achieve what looks like a top five, or sorry, a top three offense and a top five defense, there isn't a team in the NBA who can compete with our star power, balance, three point shooting, and defense. The Clippers don't have natural scorers outside of Kawhi and Paul George. Outside of um, two top ten players plus Lou Williams, we don't have any natural scorers. Well, by that same well, logic, neither did the Lakers. Let's seriously, can like we get this guy's IQ test? Like, it's gotta be, <laughs> it gotta be seventy-five. I mean, I don't want to. Like, okay, I, uh, I would be very curious to see to see his IQ score. Also, they really need Harold and or Zubac to become consistent and to score down low, or they will be somewhat one-dimensional. Our, bi- our balanced, high-low, spaced, three-point attack, I believe, will be able to beat them in seven games. Braun will be taxed heavily in trying to guard Kawhi. This series is right here, is why I would love to have Iggy brought out, so he can come here and be our big stopper on D. Oh, and Andre Iguodala. Okay. I think the FEMA next year will be around Anthony Davis' level Hopefully, this is going to make us unbeatable in 2019-2020 NBA champs. All right, uh, ready for the finals matchup? It, 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 before the Westbrook trade, I, I, I was actually kind of thinking that the Lakers might not make the playoffs because they were, <laughs> because they had they had no look they had to improve their win total by 11 games, right? Now basically, basically the, the Thunder gave up, so they could really overtake the Thunder. But they would have to improve if all the teams in the, all the Western playoff teams were to have maintained their level of their their same win total from from 2017-18 and or uh, from 2018-19 and 2019-20, the Lakers would have had to have won an extra 12 games from last year this year. That's been an extra 12 games to make the playoffs. 
Now, obviously, since the Thunder are done for, it's going to be a lot easier for them to make the playoffs. But I was actually where I. And they're basically relying on Anthony Davis and Danny Green bringing 12 wins in the Western Conference. And that would actually be pretty difficult. So, before we're talking about NBA championships, make the playoffs, but it's going to be a lot easier to make the playoffs now. So. Yes. But, like, um. His finals matchup is the 76ers versus the Los Angeles Lakers. That's his actual opinion? Yes. So, um, why does he say that the 76ers again? Okay, but he's, gonna, he's about to tell you, man. The 76ers should hands down have the best starting five in the NBA next year. No doubt about it. I, I, I have doubts. Feel- I have doubts. Um, yeah, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can't, can't play together. They have no bench. Well, he's talking about the starting five. He, he does mention that. He says they are beatable as their bench depth is atrocious. They may have one of the worst benches in the NBA. I yes. agree. Me agree with him. And they have the, definitely they have the worst bench out of the contending teams, and I agree with that. Yeah. They barely have a D-League quality player at backup point guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, got this guy. So right. he knows that. He know, yeah, yeah, like, I get, I, I, actually, I approve of this post, and all of a sudden, like, you know, he gets a pass no matter what. Like, we can all agree that it's a joke that Shake Milton, Shake <laughs> Milton is, is their backup point guard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, their shooting guard and small forward are bleak as well, and this is a third-string player on most championship-level teams. The only area where the bench excels is in the center and power forward. No, but no, also I... Simmons' jumper and Embiid's lack of a back-to-the-basket post-game are areas where we can really marginalize their two stars. I actually think Al is better than Ben Simmons, but, I mean, you know, that's better. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. He says they have size, defense, shooting, Richardson, Harris, and Horford, and even Embiid to some of you, and star power to make this a great series, maybe even all-time great. But I think the lack of overall depth, not enough shooting, and too many bigs will lead to the downfall against us in a seven-game series. Lakers 4-3. Lakers will be the 2019-2019-2020 NBA championship, NBA champions, all caps. All caps. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the 76ers, just cause I, but I'd be surprised if the, if the Bucs couldn't beat the 76ers. Or the Celtics. I would be surprised if both teams made the finals. I would be. I, I just don't see. I think my prediction will be Milwaukee versus LA at this point, just because I think. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Clippers. Clippers. <laughs> Clippers. 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 Uh, that's just because uh, of. Um, I just think they have the best strong five and the best bench combo. Uh, plus they got star power. Both both teams have good star power. Well. You can debate all day if we're not Chris Middleton's good enough to be the second best player. I think I think if you look at if we look at Toronto, what they did last year, but their second best player was either Siakam or Lowry or Van Fleet. They got it done without a like a top ten player as their second best player. So it's definitely possible if you have a really good player like Giannis or Kawhi. So and I wouldn't put too much stock in like the star power just because of name recognition. So. Yeah, I think that, like, he was right about the 76ers, I think. I don't think they could actually make it. I have no idea why the heck he thinks the Pistons are going to be so good. I don't know either. He but, doesn't make it. He doesn't a fourth seed. Why? Anyway. I uh, don't know. 
Alright. Alright, so here we go. We're gonna go from the from the uh this is your turn now, we're gonna flip the script. Alright. 76ers community, here we go. We're gonna you know the show Mythbusters? Yes. Yeah, so we're gonna have Miss Mythbusters, the Ben Simmons edition. Alright. Yeah, so they got they got Ben Simmons in, a, in one of those stupid little French caps that French directors wear and a, and a beard. All right, here we go. So people make all kinds of claims about Philadelphia 76ers all-star Ben Simmons. Some of them thought, some of them make a lot of sense and some of them don't make any sense. So I thought we should look into them with the Ben Simmons version of Mythbusters. Okay, like this is basically the whole article. Some of this makes a lot of sense, some of this doesn't make any sense. So there's spoilers. Okay, here we go. When I think of NBA legends, I think of Wilt Chamberlain. Chamberlain. These, the stories about him are truly incredible. He holds countless NBA records. You ask my dad, he will tell you Wilt Chamberlain was the greatest basketball player to ever live. But I, like most people, can't say Wilt is the GOAT because I've never actually seen him play. Most of what we know about Wilt, other than its absurd stats, comes from unverified stories passed down through word of mouth. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Now, notice one thing. You notice what his qualification to be the goat is? One of the qualifications? For Will? Yeah, no. no to, for him to consider someone a, a player of the greatest of all time, what are one of his qualifications? He has to see him play. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of those people who actually believes that, I want you to go bang your head against a brick wall. Until you realize the profound stupidity of that scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm 12 years old, and I only remember LeBron James being 35 on the Lakers. Okay, so, if, if it's going to be the greatest of all time, that means that whether or not you saw him play did not matter. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think he understood the logic when he wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> no, okay. But greatest actually, of all time, but I have to see him play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look... Uh, to be fair, a lot of people make that mistake. I guess they never actually looked, thought about what they're saying, you know. Alright. Every time I look up Will Chamberlain's highlights on YouTube, they're in black and white, so going to be the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody scored, he scored 100 points, but they didn't have three-second violations about the game. But oddly enough, despite living in a time when every game is available to watch for free on the internet... Okay, rip our... Okay, so, um... Actually, that's kind of sketchy. Do you know how hard... NBA players work. Do you know how much money they invest? The owners invest in all this stuff. Like, don't be a, one of those people who 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 um, watches it illegally. Just pay the stupid money. Come on. All right. Um, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but you should just pay the money. They're putting so much hard work into this for you. Just pay the money. Man. Anyway, the dialogue around Ben Simmons is full of also full of tall tales. People make hyper. Um, Oh, oh. Hyperbolic? That's a word that you'll, I only say in my head. Right? Hyperbolic claims about him, both positive and negative, that make me question if we're watching the same player. Uh, I, I, okay. Regardless of how you feel about Ben Simmons' basketball ability, ability your opinion is probably very polar and one you hold very strongly. Alright, so what's your opinion on Ben Simmons? We should get this out of the way first. What's your opinion on Ben Simmons? Honestly, um, I don't think he's worth 170 million. No, I don't. He's like he's a pretty good player. He's like, good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's it definitely has a defined limit if he can't get a jump shot. I mean, 
But yeah, he's very yeah. Good, very good defensive player. If he gets his energy good enough, and you know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think, he, obviously he can attack, but I think the wing is wise. That's they know his style. Well, he didn't. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be as dominant as he was his rookie season. Well, uh, I think there's about the same dominance, so it's just the narrative was, oh, this is so great, right. this is so great. It's kind of like Jason Tatum, like, he didn't actually get worse, it's just he didn't get better, right? Right, exactly, yeah. but so, like, you kind of need your rookies to expand, you know, and they need to keep growing on what they have. Yeah, okay. That's kind of what you expect from your rookies. To set the record straight about who Ben Simmons really is, let's go through some of these Ben Simmons myths and categorize them as either confirmed, busted, or plausible. Are you ready? The, the first one is one that that, that there's nothing. Yeah, this is this is perfectly perfectly great. Okay, Ben Simmons is a center. That's the myth, right? This one comes courtesy of Jonathan um, Jarks of the Ringer. Blah blah blah. Okay, so basically people are saying that Simmons can guard one through five, um, but he's not, and likely will never be maximized as a center, which is good for the Sixers because every other player on the roster is a center. Wait, what? Best player in the world. Because every other player on the roster is a center. Tobias Harris, center. Josh Hutchinson, center. Shake Milton, <laughs> center. <laughs> I was about to say Shake Milton was a center. Okay. Uh, I guess <laughs> Shake Milton. We're going to get myself a Shake Milton for uh, jersey. Like, this yeah, you heard it here first, man. The 76 or 14 center. Well, 15 if you count Simmons. Boxing, no. Fourteen, but Simmons is not is not a is not a is not a center. So that no one's busted. Yes, he's he's athletic, but he might become a player capable of guarding five, uh, guarding one through five, but um, not not now. So that, that's that's great. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so, that's so fair. there we go. So 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 far so good. Okay, so here's here's number two. Ben Simmons is unlikable. All right. So what what, what do you think of declaring players likable or unlikable in general? I mean, it depends how vocal they are. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like, think Ben Simmons is very vocal. I, I don't know. I don't hear too much about him. Yeah, I mean, like, any, I either way, like, before you unlike, actually seriously unlike someone, I think it's not fair to do so for, for an NBA player. Like, you can, like, well, I don't like what he says, but, I mean, well, right? you, you don't know, you don't know what their, what their actual life is like. They just have what they're right. saying. But, like, so, whatever. So, I don't understand people who dislike players. Here we go. But, so, yes. So he, he, I'm gonna just spoil this right here. Go. Um, he is uh, busted. So, this, so they bust the Smith. He's it's, a likable guy. Yeah, sure. But here, here's how they do it. This is which is funny. All right, here we go. Some people just love to hate Ben Simmons, and it's completely unwarranted. So far, so good, right? He trash talked yeah. uh, free jaw advocate Jared Dudley, and then hung 31 points on his head. All right. Okay. I mean, we can go back to that. He dated Kendall Jenner. Oh, yay. Who's Kendall? I had to Google that one. I, I realized she was on the Kardashian show, or Kardashian. I don't not watch reality TV. Um, so I had to Google that one. I'm very proud of myself for that. Uh, so that's like, okay. The entire city of Utah dislikes him. <laughs> These are, here's the best part. These are all inherently cool things for which people somehow criticize him. That's actually bad writing. It should be... These are all inherently cool things that people somehow criticize him for. All right, that would be much more cool. <laughs> all right, whatever. So <clears throat> that myth is busted. 
You, sh if you're from Utah, you should like Ben Simmons because you hate Ben Simmons, right? What what's the bias against Utah here? Is it like because of like the uh, he thinks the Jazz fans all suck? I don't know. That's, that's, that was just really weird. He called out the entire state of Utah. Yeah. Um. What, like, what do, you, do you think? It's cool to be hated by Utah by people of Utah. I that, guess maybe he just doesn't. Maybe he went on vacation to Salt Lake City and didn't have a good time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's like, well, you know what, like. All the jerks from the United States of America are living Utah. <laughs> I guess, right? I don't know, that was super weird. Just called out in Utah. Okay, here's one. It bothered me when Ben Simmons lashed out at fans for booing the team when they played like a garbage in the first game of the 2019 playoffs. But that doesn't make him likable. Actually, I liked that he lashed out at fans for booing. Like, fans, you get to shut up. Alright. Game one, you get to shut up. Alright. I don't understand why people like would boo your team game one. Well, it's Philadelphia. They boo Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean Philadelphia is the special. Like, you know who's unlikable? Philadelphia. Hey, here we go. Myth. Philadelphia fans are likable. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, just because you dated a Kardashian does not mean I like you. Just because Utah dislikes you does not make mean that I like you too. Um, I'm neutral on Utah. All right, Ben Simmons is an elite defender. He has all, def all defensive talent, but there are some games where he seems to uh, lack the edge to maximize his potential on that end. The 2019 NBA playoffs were not an example of this issue. Simmons made D'Angelo Russell look like a genuinely bad basketball player. Uh, did you watch the series or not? I mean, I did not get that impression. A genuinely bad basketball. Well, he was clearly the best team on the on the Nets. And the Nets won a game, so yeah, go figure. All right. Genuinely bad basketball. Like you could say he made him look like a starter, like like, like a replacement player, but I genuinely guess. bad. I That's know. stupid. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> Next series asked to stick with Kawhi Leonard in the high switch of the future of the future of his future Hall of Fame career. Simmons was not dissuaded by Leonard's high scoring clip. He continued oh, to yeah. make him try hard Simmons and Simmons really shut him down. He continued, <laughs> he continued to make him work hard and tired him out after three games, forcing other players to step up and nearly help the Sixers to an upset series win. Simmons can guard uh, four positions very well, block shots from the perimeter. Closes the gaps in open space and makes him extremely valuable as a defender. He didn't do good enough to earn, earn an all defensive spawn, uh, all defensive team spot, spawn the all defensive team last season, but with more consistency, there's no reason he can't grab one in 2020. So that's a, it's a, it's a plausible myth that he's an elite defender, sure. So, okay, that's not too bad. What do you have to say about that? That's, that's pretty, I agree. It's plausible. Alright, this, this is when it gets fun. <laughs> Simmons isn't worth a max contract. Alright. Okay, verdict. Busted. They're gonna they're gonna bust this myth. Is he really gonna try to bust this myth? He's gonna bust this myth. There you go. Oh boy. If Ben Simmons doesn't improve over the course of this contract, he won't be worth his cap hit in the deal's final years. So basically he's admitting that it's true. 
He just admitted it was true. Okay, so here we go. You sign him with the hope of the expectation he will get better. But there are a lot of reasons the situation is different than the Timberwolves handing, handing Andrew Wiggins a max and nicely asking him to try harder. Like what? Well, I think this is actually the exact same situation. Yeah, it's the exact <laughs> same situation. Oh my, like, he, he actually, he offers, here's the reason. He's like, Ben Simmons is already a pillar on a championship contender. No, Did you watch the playoffs? No, he's not. Yep, that one point he scored in the playoffs. Championship pillar, right there. Yes, like main men, he can't be on the fourth and be at the same time. That's a championship pillar. All right. Yeah, if he never gets better. Four at the same time as my starting center. <laughs> if he never gets better, he still brings value on the court. Yes, that's what you want from a max player. He still brings value on the court, a max player, right, Tony? Uh, he can pass the ball. <laughs> Tony D is absolutely a worthwhile investment to be a long-term milling block for the franchise. Okay, this is this is okay, fine, great. But here's the thing: you didn't have to give it to him now, right? Why not just yeah. wait one more year and see if he improves? Like, right? Because he's like saying, then... if he's saying that you need to improve, like he needs to get better. Well, he hasn't actually gotten better at all yet. So can we see that first before he gets a max contract? Why not? Yeah, he's, he's been the same player for two years. Alright. Max contracts are weird. The max often causes elite players and very good players to get paid the same thing. Just well, ask Andrew Wiggins. Well, yeah, but they actually don't get paid the same thing because good players get more um, money from their from their uh, side deals, like their advertisements and whatnot, right? So it's actually not true that they get the same, right? So debating who's worthy of, of one can be tricky, but all of the players to receive max contracts this summer, Ben Simmons is very far from the least deserving. Verdict, busted. Yep, okay. <laughs> so who, who is he saying? Deserved it less than Ben Simmons. Like, how, how many players got the max this year? Let's see, NBA players who got max contract. Max contract this summer. Alright, here we go. So, we'll go ahead and, uh... uh okay, let's see here. Max deals. Alright. I believe Demi Lillard got a max contract extension. Um, right, I think Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard deserves it more. Yep. Yeah. Kevin Durant? Yeah, I think I might take Kevin Durant over Ben Simmons. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yep. Kimba Walker, yeah. Yeah. Kimba yeah, Walker right. has improved in his time in the NBA, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's better than he was his rookie season. <laughs> uh, who else was there? There was, uh, I want to say... Jimmy Butler got one. Jimmy Butler has improved. Yep. Yeah, he actually won the award. Yeah. Um, Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton they didn't get quite get max, but they improved a lot. I mean, he literally said that there was no one. He was far from the least deserving, and that's just that one, right? What? Did Porzingis get one? Yeah, he did. Porzingis got one. I don't know. I might take Porzingis over Ben Simmons too, man. I I would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know who he's thinking of. 
The Knicks didn't show out any garbage Max contracts like they usually do, so we can't use that for. Yeah, he's like saying over on the NBA, it's like this summer. Just like no, they, this is stupid. Yeah. Right. Well, the I next. Think if anybody got a bad Max. All right, here we go. Ben Simmons actually can shoot. He he actually um, busts this myth. Basically, people take like one video of him making a three, and then like, oh, he can shoot, but no. Another myth: Ben Simmons should shoot. Should switch shooting hands. All right, he confirms this this verdict. Um, see here. Uh, yeah, he needs to. His shot's broken, and so he needs to fix it. So yeah, confirm verdict. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. All right. Ben Simmons needs to improve as a shooter. This is not a myth. And he confirms it. Okay, so yes. All right, here we go. This is, so yes, basically Ben Simmons needs to improve as a shooter. He can't shoot, so that's good. Here we go. The Sixers should trade Joel Embiid and build around Simmons. And he, and he, and he busts this, he, he busts this myth, okay? Wow, that's good. You should trade Ben Simmons and build around Embiid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so here we go. Colin, said on the, Colin Cowherd said on his television show that uh, they, they should trade Embiid and build around Simmons. The reason he said that was because Embiid's injury prone. So, I mean, you can't say that's not true. So, I guess like, you gotta give Colin Cowherd that. Like, you can never say... Like, if, if Embiid does, get super, does receive more injuries... Then it's gonna be very difficult to go back and say, well, they shouldn't have traded him when he when he, when they could have. But anyway, uh, okay. So uh, <clears throat> one of the reasons why we know that this is a bad idea is because Colin Cowherd had never heard of Bam Adebayo when his name came up in the Jimmy Butler trade. All right, Bam Adebayo. If you don't know who that guy is, that means that. Simmons can shoot or something, which oh, I can't. so uh, actually, you want to keep Simmons. That's the idea. Right, so yeah, Simmons is a very good player, but the idea of getting rid of Embiid to create a perfect, the perfect fit around Simmons is insane. Is, is that a, is that a hot take? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Embiid was plus 90 in his box, plus minus. Simmons was minus 19, so. Right. Until he can shoot, Ben Simmons is trash. All right, here we go. Ben Simmons struggles in the playoffs. Hmm. <laughs> is he going to bust this, man? He actually kind of confirms it, but he says, uh, hmm. His usage rate fell. He scored his points, and uh, he was fine on defense, but the issue comes when looking at Simmons' inability to be consistently a factor on offense. He had 10 or fewer points in four of the seven games against Toronto. <laughs> he, had, <laughs> he didn't have more than seven assists in any game. Wow. Uh, yeah, good, good for... You know what? That's, that's, that's a max money right there. 
Oh yeah. So basically, this guy admits the problems with Simmons, and then says he's worth the max contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if all oh, the man. if all the myths, like that he's not good on offense in the playoffs, or that he can't shoot, if those are all true, why is he absolutely worth the max contract? Right. I don't think he gave us any reasons other than Utah hates him. To like him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't get why he's worth the max contract. This guy didn't give us anything. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, here, don't give him a max contract. It's that simple. Make him make him improve. Yeah, make him play a year. Make him earn it. Well, there's some, fortunately, the, there, there's some self-deprecating humor to be found on the 76ers SB Nation. All right, this is a hypothetical. Here we go. There, there are two choices. If you choose wrongly, you die. All right. Okay. Here's the here's either Embiid plays seventy games or more, or Ben Simmons makes ten three pointers or more. Which one are you gonna take? <laughs> Which one's gonna happen first? Ah. If you choose wrong, you die. Um, I'm one Embiid. You're gonna say Embiid's gonna play seventy games? Yeah. Yeah, I have to go with that one too. But he never knew he might just break his face again. And then... <laughs> All right. Anything else you got for us on the Lakers? Uh, I don't have anything else. That was really the only. Uh, the only. That was really the only. Uh, I take on the Lakers blog. All right. We got to be. There's plenty of. There's a lot. A lot going on here. Uh, on on Espionation. A lot. A lot of. Poorly thought out ideas, so we can go, we can go back to those. Like really profound, smart posts. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just people just get great ideas and then they put them on SB Nation and then that's it. Alright, well, that's going to be it for this episode. Stay tuned for episode four. If you enjoyed the show, please follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're at the exam. We're the exam and fandom. One word, lowercase. Go ahead and follow us at uh, on Twitter at at exam and fandom. Uh, exam and fandom. At exam and fandom. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, see you next time.